So Julie, what you're saying is I now need a successful album to come out of this. Well, I'm, I'm certainly saying it would help. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna break a jaw. Uncaged Wisdom, Cheetah Digital's podcast for modern marketing. Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of Uncaged Wisdom, Cheetah Digital's podcast for modern marketing practitioners. I'm Julian Brace Davis. Business transformation has always been a hot topic, but due to the events of the past year, many organisations have understood that the rubber really needs to hit the road. The idea of turning your marketing programme and team upside down, though, can seem ominous, and COVID-19 didn't exactly give brands a chance to press pause. But just because something is hard doesn't mean it's impossible, and in this episode of Uncaged Wisdom, we'll hear from a master of business organisation. Liz McElmore, Director of Service Offerings at Cheetah Digital will share with us tips on how to try new things and deliver better results by embracing change. Let's hear from Liz. Well, thank you for joining us, Liz. My pleasure. I'm excited. Liz, what is a fact about you that nobody would guess? Ooh, um, I know American Sign Language. So I went to a local community college after I graduated from undergrad. I was like, I want to stay in school. I want to learn new things. And so I was in a two-year program. If you have any questions about ASL, deaf culture, the whole thing, I'm here for you. How did you find learning it? The great thing about it is if you learn the alphabet, worst case scenario, you could spell things out to someone. And you can learn the alphabet in probably 20 or 30 minutes. So that, unlike unlike a lot of other languages, it's really easy to pick up. And then the rest of it is just like vocabulary. There are specific things in ASL when you're talking about time and you're really building visually the story. So I'm putting it in space so you can see it. So if I'm telling a story and I'm like, Julian's here and Kayla's here, the audience is supposed to remember that. So then at a certain point, I'm pointing and then, you know, we're having a dialogue and I don't have to keep saying Julie and Kayla, Julie and Kayla, because we're in this, this visual place. You're building an image in people's minds. Exactly. And that's part of being a storyteller. I think from a marketing perspective, like that eats in really well because I love, you know, characters and story development and the details of the story and figuring out what is important for me to communicate. So using my hands in ASL was really a natural kind of fit because you're always telling a story about something. We've titled this, you know, Cheetah Digital's approach to business transformation. And that's very broad. And we're going to narrow it down and we're going to use your expertise and skills into what actually that means. Before we get into that, could you give us a little sort of a a potted history of of yourself? I started, I walked in to the Cheetah office in El Segundo on my grandmother's birthday in 2008. And I'm not ashamed to admit, I had no idea what the company did. Not a clue. Like I knew that it was marketing and technology, but I didn't know specifically, you know, back then it was, you know, focused on email. And what I found was a team unlike any other, like smart people who worked really hard and actually liked each other and a team setting where if you had a problem, someone would help you and they would follow up with you after that to make sure that your problem was addressed. And I think that kind of 
created a place where we were able to grow. So I was here initially for uh, 12 years and I've been back now for six months in a completely different role. I was in strategy before and now I'm in services offerings, which is a great place for me to be in because I started in services. And so I remember distinctly what it was like for them to say, you are the account manager. All of these success and all of the failures belong to you. And so I was like, yo, I want to win. I want to succeed. I want the team to succeed. I want the clients to succeed. I want everyone to win. And when you come in it in that way, it really changes the way you approach work. And so now being on the other side of helping develop our services packages, I understand the importance and how much of a difference it makes in our clients to have that services team um, helping them along the way. One of the things that I'd like to understand, Liz, in just kind of your journey over the past you know, years with Cheetah and without Cheetah and with all the clients, I mean, what is a common theme that you've kind of noticed is happening through every business? Ooh, uh, I, I would say there's two things. So I would say that there are client teams that need a lot of hand-holding and strategic advice. They have the charge to run their digital marketing programs, but they don't know exactly what to do. And so they'll come to us once they trust us and ask us for that advice. And that happens generally across the board. Um, The second thing I have seen is people who are afraid to take risks. When we you know, tell them this is new technology, this is a new approach, this is a new message or campaign or new whatever, there's a lot of just hesitance because, you know, we don't want to break something that's working because email generates a lot of revenue for companies. And so you can slide into the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But then you can also be at a point where you're not growing. Um, So getting clients to the point where they trust us, where we can advise them and also help introduce those really calculated, mitigated risks. Those are the things that I've seen consistently. With business transformation, what does that, as a term, but what does that actually mean in our world of marketing and digital marketing? So what's great in um, us having a discussion about business transformation and the term and what does it mean? And is there a better word for it? You know, I think we have to approach it from a proactive and a reactive standpoint. So what we've seen in the past year is the reactive, right? Something happens that affects everyone personally and professionally, and businesses have to respond to that. So for our clients in particular, especially the ones who are retailers, You've gone from a place where you used to have people, you know, coming into your establishment. You had people online and you were able to work both of those channels. But then the in-store experience goes away completely. And moving fully online and enhancing that experience is something that happened really quickly. You know, it wasn't like a gradual thing. It wasn't like, you know, it only impacted one country. 
or the Western half of this place or the Southern half. It was just this overall shift. And so I think what companies need to do now as things settle down is really ask themselves the same thing they would when they're building their brand. How do we want people to perceive us? You know, uh, who do we want to be? And that seems to be great when they're establishing their brand, but when it comes to operations, that falls by the wayside a little bit. And it has to happen. That has to happen at the top and trickle down. Who are we? Who am I as a, a teammate? Who are we as a team? You know, whether it's operations or services or marketing, um, but it's, it's so important that each of our teams has a positioning statement. Companies generally have a mission and vision statement, but what I'm asking for our teams to do is to have their own positioning statement. And I think every single company needs that. Everyone needs their marching orders because even though they're working on their own tasks, they all need to work together. It all has to come together and fit at a certain point. So I really believe that what companies need to do is be proactive about that. And it needs to come from the top down. With some of the, the brands you've worked with, they've all ha they all come from a position they, the reason why they exist is because they had an idea which is helping to solve a problem or to de deliver a service to people so their customers have they have you just seen have they had to adopt one of a, a new one or reimagine their positioning um especially again when it comes to sort of the for digital or have they just needed to try and rejig their thinking to saying well how does digital and the work that we do with email or collecting information and data consensually, how does that play into our, our, our North staff statement? I, I look at it like a football team, right? Football is my favorite sport. So everything for me always comes back to football. I, I look at it like that. I mean, we've just gone through the draft, so it, I think it's top of mind, but football teams have a goal. They want to win the Super Bowl. What happens along the way, though, is that there could be any number of shifts, right? You get a new coach, the new coach brings a new coaching staff, new program. Um, you might have new players who come on the team. You might have players who shift positions. Someone was on the offense and now they're on the defense because they just work better there. But the end result is the same. And for businesses, the end result has to be the same. We want to... Um, make sure that our customers understand who we are, that they have an exceptional experience that they will then tell their friends about that will turn them not only into loyalists, but advocates. So regardless of what happens, of how they look at transformation, that has to be their North Star. And I think once they focused on that, all of the other things will feed into that. Okay, great. So we want to have our customers have great customer experiences. What does that look like now in a digital world? You know, are we sending more text messages that are more informative about delivery of their items? You know, are we customizing and personalizing emails in a different way or approaching it on a different cadence or getting more information for them or creating more interactive experiences? What does it mean to offer this customer experience now with this technology that we have where people are open, right? There are some people who were not that digitally inclined who are now, my mother is on Amazon like crazy. She loves Amazon. She tells me things that are happening on Amazon. 
<laughs> so you've got these whole, these new, you know, digital budding experts that brands need to really, again, cater these experiences. With catering those experiences, obviously that's part of kind of what you mentioned earlier around people are afraid to take risks, but when you have an entire shift in the universe happening, you have to take a risk right then, right? To try and figure out what's happening. So what's the best way for businesses to go about taking that kind of risk without losing everything? That's a great question. Uh, And it goes back to what I said a little bit earlier about it coming from the top down. Whoever is running the organization needs to create an environment where they say it is okay to ask why. It is okay for us to do things differently. Because otherwise, if you are being led by people who are risk averse, most people are going to just follow along in that way. But if you are told that it's okay, we want you to think differently, we want you to ask why, we want you to challenge norms and figure out how things can be better, I think that sets the tone. And so that would be my first recommendation is to create an environment where it's okay to take a risk. And then you don't have to do it all at once. So when I was in strategy and there was a client who was reluctant to test something on their whole audience, I said, look, okay, let's just pick 20% of your audience to test on. Here's the full plan. So you know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to check in with you regularly and it won't impact everyone, but we get the benefit of actually doing the testing and taking that risk before we roll it out. So I would tell any kind of business, pick a program pick a team, pick an initiative, and let that be where you do your testing. And then when you find out, okay, this worked or this didn't work, how can we change it and then roll it out? That will give you the confidence that you need, but you do absolutely need that proof of concept. Putting on like a marketer's hat, how are you, when we think about it, we're all incredibly busy, right? And especially right now, you have to do more with less. And so we're being very scrappy. We're all inundated with our own work. How can we take time to run these tests while we're still also doing our job? With another great question, which I got to go back to my mother, who always says, you make time for what's important. And it doesn't have to be, you know, every single day you're sitting there thinking long and hard about the problems of the world and the issues of your job. But you do have to set aside some time, even if it's quarterly, to say, okay, team, we are going to take an hour, 90 minutes, whatever it is, each quarter and sit down to step away from our work and really look at the way that we're doing things. We're going to examine our clients. We're going to examine our processes. Each quarter, there needs to be a different focus, but everyone can take those 90 minutes, especially if it's quarterly, and especially if you've planned that in advance. So I think a lot of what happens is that we're reactive, things keep happening to us, but we have to set aside the time to do it. And uh, we've done it as a team. I was just on a really successful workshop with our enterprise strategy architecture team. And they took way longer than that out of their schedule. And it was really helpful, but it was because the team lead was focused on it. We need to do this. 
So again, you make time for what's important and it doesn't have to be every day, but it needs to be consistent. Go Tiger. What's, what is the Tiger approach? And, and obviously that it, it goes into all of this, but uh, can you talk Tiger with us and not just Tony the Tiger with his Frosted Flakes? Well, as, as I haven't eaten cereal since I was seven years old, it definitely would not be about Tony the Tiger or Frosted Flakes. They're um, I think when we were talking about, you know, Tiger team and really something that comes from the top that's a, a focused effort is to have a team of people that their job is sort of like a center of excellence, but they're looking at how to innovate. Um, when I came back, the first thing I did was a full audit. So I talked to like 50 or 60 different people around the world, the global cheetah team to find out what are you doing? How are you doing it? Where do you need support? What could be done differently? If you had the resources you needed or the people you needed or in an ideal situation. And I think that's what needs to happen in a lot of places. But something that I call uh, because Bob told us to, or because Bob did it, you know, it always goes back to Bob some person who doesn't even work here anymore, who made a decision and that's the way we do things from here on out. Like when Bob's not even here, why are we still doing this? But you need someone whose job it is or a team to ask, is this the right way for us to approach situations and always be willing to push that envelope? Um, but this is their, their focus. Again, similar to a center of excellence, but really focused on innovation as well. Cool. <laughs> Going back through that kind of tiger team approach and this innovation piece, what's the best way to start getting people to kind of spin their wheels and get in that creative mindset? Ooh, <laughs> so we used to play this game in the office called Would You Rather? And it was something re always ridiculous. Would you rather have fingers as long as toes or toes as long as fingers. And so we, you know, we'd go around the group and answer the question, but it really got you thinking about, okay, what would it be like if my toes were as long as fingers versus fingers as long as toes? But, and I say that we, we did it for fun, but I think what you could do to get in that mindset is actually encourage people. You know, it's everything from asking why to really getting them into something that may seem completely unrelated. You know, how many holes does a straw have? Is zero a number? But those are the things where you might not think that something comes out of it, but it really does teach you to think critically about something and explain why you believe what you believe. And when you get in the practice of doing that, you're able to use that in a lot of different settings, including work. You know, why do I believe that this best practice is a best practice and not just a common one? Because there are times that we say best practice and it might just be common because everyone does it. So how do I know that it's the best thing to do? And so when we think critically like that, even from those fun little exercises, that translates into us thinking critically about all that we do. We have an amazing services organization. Award-winning. Yes, we have an award-winning services organization. Um, and 
I think it's currently going through a little bit of an evolution right now and, and shifting a little bit. Can you walk us through kind of what is happening there and how it's evolving to really help our clients grow? Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite things to talk about is uh, services. Because like I said, I started off in services. I know how important services are to our clients and the organization overall. And the most important thing that's happening is that we are approaching everything from a strategic standpoint. So we're not order takers, you know, just, you know, here, here's this email and then we set it up and send it out. At every single level of our services organization, we are asking those questions. Like I was saying before, we're asking why. We're offering suggestions and recommendations and really looking at the long-term impacts that each individual campaign or initiative will have for our clients. So we're thinking strategically for them. We're thinking strategically about the landscape. And we're also thinking strategically about the changes in our technology, because those are the three things that we're responsible for. I need to know our business as a Cheetah employee. I need to know my client's business. And I need to know what's happening in the digital landscape. And so once I know all of those three things, that's how I have that strategic mindset to say, how do all of these three things work together in order to help my clients deliver excellent customer experience to experiences to their audience? Us approaching it strategically means that we are not order takers, we're partners. We're trusted advisors. And that's the the phrasing that we use across the board and that we're really socializing within the services teams. Yes. And I think people, they feel that as well from, from the client's perspective. This is, is an interesting one um, from, again, from our, our very much our perspective, you came back into the organization um, and since, since you'd been gone, um, to, and now I'm quoting Kelly Clarkson, but since you've been gone, There had been a few uh, a few changes, let's put it that way, certainly in the, probably the organization, but actually in the products themselves. How have you encouraged the team to learn or to understand all of the offerings? And this is the eternal question that always gets um, asked is, we've got all this technology, how do we explain it? And it always goes back to the customer experience. And I know I sound like a broken record, but it really is about all of this technology working together as a suite to deliver an excellent customer experience. And so when you focus on the customer and what the outcome will be for the customer, the technology makes sense, right? So I am looking at Julian and Kayla as my, my ideal audience, and I'm having a conversation with you along the way, across different channels, across uh, different points in the journey, you know, sending messages at specific times based on what you're doing. And once you have that story set up where you're focused on people and not widgets or parts of the way that the machinery works together or the platforms work, that's when it comes alive. And that's what I never want us to lose sight of because our product team is doing some great work to enhance those customer experiences. But at the end of the day, just like the football team, 
regardless of if we have all, you know, D1 players on the team and everything's set up great, we want to win the Super Bowl. And so we know that that's our goal. And our technology does a great job of getting you there, but it's always focused on the customer experience. And so that's how we're positioning things. This is how this works. And this is what the outcome is. And, and the, the, the great thing about services is that we are, we're in a place now where our technology, uh, there's a lot you can do, right? But at the same time, there's a lot you can do. <laughs> so for some clients, as I mentioned earlier in the call, they have really lean teams and they don't know exactly what they should be doing at any given time. And so our services teams comes along, come along as advisors. We're able to say, hey, this is what's working for other clients. And we're going to give you the benefit of that. You know, we are, we're not, we don't necessarily have to be at the desk pushing the mouse for you and telling you what to do there, but we're going to create a strategy for you and give you that extra support. And so it's really that kind of one-two punch, the technology plus the services that you need, because we're not going to force people to have all of the services. It has to be what makes sense for you. And it's what is going to help you get the most value out of it. And that might change. We have have clients who've been with us for years and years and years. And what their services needs are, are different than other clients. We have people who are using part of the suite, people who are using all of the suite. And those services needs are going to change. As we enhance our products, we're going to have a lot of great things coming out. You're going to need services from a strategic standpoint to help you as you're ramping up on that. And so we're there every step of the way to give you what you need. And at the end of the day, it really is about value. Because nobody wants something that looks great and was sold to them as being great. And then they use it and they're like, I I don't really see the value. We want clients to get the most value out of our partnership. How how do your teams approach building their relationships or or, or finding opportunities? Because I guess once they hear that there's a place that they could help, they have to they they have to set a goal or try to really make a really clear statement of what we here's what we think we can do and here's how we'd go about it and see if like the they will go along with the ride with you. Well, it, it starts with having a great relationship with product because we understand from a product perspective, it's like, okay, this is what's coming out. This is our new either platform or feature. And then the services teams get a chance to say, all right, this is where we feel we can plug in and add the most value. And that's part of what my role is, is to say, okay, we've got citizen data scientists coming out. This is great new feature. How do we educate our clients on how to use it and what services can we provide to support them? Because it's great to have access to data and it's great to be able to, you know, have it at your fingertips, but there's always the what next, what's next? What do I do next? You know, if I can talk to this specific group of people, what do I say to them? How often should I reach out to them? Are there levels within these groups? So that's where our services team will come along and say, we've got this great new feature and we're going to help you figure out for your audience the best way to use it. And it's what we're calling um, from a services perspective, the partnership, the platform and the plan. So we are your partners. 
working with you as you're a Cheetah client using our platform, and we're developing a plan that has your business goals in mind, as well as what's happening in the industry, all geared towards that excellent customer experience. Partner, platform, and the plan. Do you have any recent clients that you started partnering with that things are going well? So we just onboarded Choice Hotels, which was a huge, big deal. You know, big client, lots of uh, technology involved in it. And the client was so thrilled. All of the services teams were able to work together. Implementation, production services, strategic services, um, they are so excited about what they've experienced during implementation that they're already ready to grow with us. And so our goal is to make sure that they have that level of excitement, that they continue to see the value of working with us on all different levels, and that we're able to offer them services that track with their usage of our technology from a really proactive standpoint, that we're not resting on our laurels and I might be dating myself with this reference, but there used to be a commercial in the time before air fryers of the big rotisserie chicken oven thing. And the tagline was, you can set it and forget it. But we never approach our clients with that philosophy. There's never a set it and forget it thing. We're always looking at ways to make things better. And that's what every single company needs to do really, is not just leave the chicken there and take their eyes off of it, but to really keep an eye on what's going on, to ask the question why, to challenge and to get in front of things. So I, um, that, I, I feel like that philosophy has done us really well as long as we stay focused on it. And that's going to be a part of all of our team's positionings from a strategic standpoint. You can't be strategic if you're not thinking constantly about how to make our clients' programs better. Get this chicken over, this chicken over, and this chicken over. And I'll just walk over here. I'll put it in this new pro model. I'll slide it back. If you followed all the instructional material, you just... wrap it up we have one last question that we always like to end with work related non-work related what is one piece of wisdom uncaged wisdom that you would like to share with our audience so can i share two for you liz yeah number one was something my mother told me when i first started working she said get to know everyone and get to know what they do so <clears throat> there were times when we were in the office i would walk up to someone and I was like, hey, how you doing? My name is Liz. What's your name? What do you do? And have conversations like that all the time. So I've met people who are on the software team and HR, marketing, all over. Like at one point, I was called the mayor of the office because <laughs> it, it was my goal to learn people's names and learn about what they did. And the point of that is that everyone deserves respect for what they're doing. And it helps bring the team closer together when you know what people do, because you know where to go and ask questions and you know how to build a relationship or it's like I, that was just the most invaluable piece of advice. And it helped me connect with cheetahs that I otherwise wouldn't have connected with because we were on separate teams. 
but just having that curiosity about people and what they do has, has really served me quite well. So thanks, mom. Um, and the second piece of advice is raise your hand. So if there is something that you want to do professionally, personally, and an opportunity presents itself, you have to be prepared for it, right? But then when it happens, raise your hand. So what, what happened on the strategy team was I knew that I wanted to do more writing and more public speaking. And so we got the opportunity. It's like, hey, you know, we've got this event coming up. Who wants to represent? And I was like, me? Scared. Out of my mind, scared. But I wanted to do it. And I knew that I had to jump. Right. It's like going to the restaurant. You pick something off the menu. You close the menu. And that's what I'm going to order. So I closed the menu. I said, this is what I want. And that set in motion so many different things. But it all happened because I raised my hand. So get to know everyone and raise your hand. Those are my two pieces of advice. Brilliant, Liz. And two that I thoroughly agree with. You know, I really am passionate about services, first of all, because I'm, I'm passionate about partnership and relationship building. But I'm also passionate about risk taking in business. You know, we used to call email the fast fail medium, because if there was a campaign that went out that wasn't the greatest, you had a chance to do it again. But I really would love companies to adopt that, even if it's only for part of the team until they feel confident rolling it out over the entire organization. I am just asking why taking that risk that's the only way that you're going to grow and succeed period subscribe to uncaged wisdom for the latest and greatest in digital marketing insights and how they're solving problems with software and strategies